a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. My name is Cam Edwards, and I am so glad you've joined the program today. we got a lot of stuff to kick around. Um, I, you know, I, I do want to talk about Gavin Newsom's big idea, the, uh, hey, you know, I don't like that uh, abortion law in Texas. So let's have one that's just like it, only as gun control in California. that make a lot of sense to me. I mean, if you think one law is unconstitutional, I don't know why. You anyway, this is not about public safety, as is the case with every other gun control law. In fact, thank you to Gavin Newsom for making it abundantly clear that uh, gun control is actually about punishing gun owners. And these days, it's about punishing conservatives, even though all American citizens are hurt when our right to keep and bear arms is deprived uh, and denied to us. Uh, anyway, we are going to talk about that, but I want to make sure we've got a, a guest. So we're going to try to uh, check in with uh, one of our uh, attorney friends on tomorrow's Bearing Arms Cam and Company to uh, delve deeply into the legal issues here. Uh, it does seem as if uh, there are a lot of folks, I saw Jonathan Turley, for instance, uh, expressing a great deal of skepticism that uh, Newsom's idea would uh, uh, be um, upheld by the courts. If, in fact, it does come to fruition, and it is just a proposal, uh, however, given the anti-gun supermajority in both chambers of the state legislature in Sacramento, Newsom's bad idea could very well become a very bad law uh, in the near future. I am still puzzled, though. Newsom says that, uh, you know, if this is the most effective way, allowing private citizens to sue the makers and the sellers of uh, so-called assault weapons. He says that is the most effective way to actually prevent those, quote-unquote, weapons of war from turning up on the streets. If Newsom really does believe that, then what does that say about the effectiveness of California's existing, quote-unquote, assault weapons ban? Because we've had a, quote-unquote, assault weapons ban on the books in California going back to the 1990s. It's been revised. It's been expanded. They've redefined what a, quote-unquote, assault weapon is because it's a made-up term to begin with. And now, Newsom, whether or not he, whether or not he realizes it, I don't think he does because I don't think that Newsom's all that bright. But Newsom has basically argued now, none of these gun control laws actually do anything. I would happen to agree. So how about we take them off the books? Not going to happen. Not with Gavin Newsom. No, no, no. Instead, we need new restrictions on our right to keep and bear arms because that's the anti-gun mentality. That's the anti-gun ideology. Again, it's not about public safety. It is about stopping you and every other legal gun owner. In fact, every other American from exercising their right to keep and bear arms. But that's not actually going to be the main focus of our show today. No, because we've got another gun hater to talk about. Robert Francis Beto O'Rourke. Yeah. Uh, last time we checked in on O'Rourke, he had just announced his campaign for governor in the state of Texas. It's not going too well uh, for Beto. Polls showing him with a double-digit deficit uh, up against uh, Governor Greg Abbott. Doesn't look like Matthew McConaughey is uh, going to run for election. So it's it's Beto. He's the guy. He's the front runner. He's not the only Democrat running, but he's certainly in the catbird seat to get the uh, Democratic nomination. Now... <clears throat> what happens in the general, of course, is something else entirely. And the Los Angeles Times, with a headline showing the trouble that Robert Francis Beto O'Rourke faces, check this out. Can Beto O'Rourke show Democrats how to lose less badly <laughs> in rural America? Not how to win, just how not perhaps to get your butt kicked by 80 points. Or 85 points. 
because that is the margin of victory for Donald Trump in, in a lot of red counties in rural Texas in 2020. Trump won 80 percent, 85 percent of the vote. And I don't think Robert Francis Beto O'Rourke is going to do much better than that. But he's trying. So the Los Angeles Times followed him as he uh, wandered around a couple of uh, small towns in Texas, talking to, uh, you know, the small number of Democrats there. And um, that's, I guess, his playbook, right, is to to go around. And, and the Los Angeles Times says, you know, he he did that in 2018, too. Uh, that would be the Senate campaign where he lost, right? He visited all 254 counties in Texas. Wasn't enough to uh, put him over the top. And the rural vote still went to the Republican, uh, in that case, Ted Cruz. So Robert Francis Beto O'Rourke uh, with the Los Angeles Times decided to hang out with him for a, a day or so. He was in Comanche County. Uh, and he was at the Highway 6 Cafe in the De Leon in Comanche County. Again, talking to about 15 or so Democrats. Um, one of them, Leslie, a 74-year-old rancher, not a fan of Donald Trump, said the influence of Trump made him worry about the direction of the country, left him pessimistic that even a small percentage in his community would be open to O'Rourke's message. Leslie said, uh, quote, he's right in everything he said. I'm just not sure... That's what's going to get him over the top. It's God and guns in this part of the world. It, it, indeed, it is. In, in a lot of, frankly, in, in most of the country. I think God and guns, our right of self-defense, our right to worship as we choose, that is important to a lot of voters, particularly when we feel like these things are under attack. Now, what's interesting is, so O'Rourke then, uh, quote, left the friendly confines of the cafe. Pause it on a leafy residential street to reflect on the value of visiting small red counties where rural hospital closures and low teacher pay were not just abstract policy issues. He said, it's one thing for me to kind of read about that or hear about it. It's another thing to be in the community and just listen to people. And then Beto got a chance to listen to some people. His words were interrupted by a group of men who had gathered several yards away to heckle him. Their chants got louder and clearer. Let's go, Brandon. A coded slogan popular on the right, meant to profanely insult Biden, and scattered shouts of communist. O'Rourke chalked up the incident to the overheated American politics of the moment, saying, I have lived in Texas my whole life. I've never seen anything like this. I think it's very indicative of the time that we're in right now, he said, insisting that the best response to this polarization was more forays into conservative areas. If I don't show up in person, then I'm whatever Fox News tells you I am. Uh, look, Fox News didn't put words in Beto O'Rourke's mouth. When he said, hell yes, I'm coming for your guns, that, that was all Robert Francis Beto O'Rourke. That wasn't me making up something that O'Rourke said or, or, or Fox News or anybody on the right. That was Robert Francis Beto O'Rourke. That's really what he wants to do. And in fact, he's doubled down on it. Now, interestingly, when Beto O'Rourke talks about, I've never seen anything like this in the state of Texas, I, I got to ask... Where where have you been living? Because I remember, uh, I'm old enough to remember, a Texas governor who actually became president uh, of, of the United States, George W. Bush. I remember him being called Bush Hitler by the left. Oh, 2003, 2004 or so. Yeah, Bush Hitler was a thing. So the idea that, oh gosh, 
you know, Trump got elected and just a civilian politics just went to hell in a handbasket. No, I'm sorry. Uh, that That's not, uh, again, that's denying history. That is denying what those of us of a certain age, let's say over the age of 40, actually remember, actually recall seeing. Which, again, is one of the problems that Beto O'Rourke cannot compensate for. Yes, his gun control positions are going to harm him in rural Texas. But you know what else is going to harm him with voters? Not being able to be honest with them. Not being able to say, yeah, you know what? The left has sucked too. The left has portrayed the right as a bunch of fascists, as a bunch of Nazis. That's not who the right is any more than the left are completely made up of communists. <clears throat> Maybe a portion. Of, anyway, anyway, anyway. Um, the gun issue is going to pose a problem for Robert Francis Beto O'Rourke. In fact, it came up when he was talking to rural Democrats in Comanche County. The Los Angeles Times reports the Democrats at the roundtable pressed O'Rourke to clarify. Did he want to take away all guns? O'Rourke assured him that his stance only applied to, quote, weapons of war and assured him of his respect for the Second Amendment and responsible gun ownership. But he acknowledged that he needed to make that distinction clearer. Again, O'Rourke is lying. Because O'Rourke isn't trying to ban, quote unquote, weapons of war. O'Rourke is trying to ban the most commonly sold rifle in America today. Rifles that are more commonly owned than Ford F-150 pickup trucks. This isn't, we're not talking again about battlefield weapons of war. We're talking about modern sporting rifles, semi-automatic firearms, of which there are at least 20 million lawfully owned in the United States. Those are the guns that Robert Francis Bitter O'Rourke wants to ban. Those are the guns that Robert Francis Bitter O'Rourke wants to criminalize the possession of. Again, we're not just talking about a ban. We're talking about creating a new crime out of thin air that would subject the owner to prison time and a felony conviction if they maintain possession of the firearm that they lawfully and legally purchased. Now, I would love for Robert Francis Beto O'Rourke to try to clarify or make clearer his position. And I expect that uh, during the general election campaign, Governor Greg Abbott is going to press him very hard to clarify his positions. But again, voters already know where O'Rourke stands. And no matter what kind of lip service he might make to supporting and his respect for the Second Amendment, the only thing that ever comes out of Robert Francis Beto O'Rourke's mouth when it comes to guns is, I don't like them. I don't want you to have these over here. I don't want you to have those over there. Hate constitutional carry. For somebody who says he respects the Second Amendment, I have yet to hear Beto O'Rourke say anything positive about it. I have yet to hear Robert Francis Beto O'Rourke ever say anything like, you know what? I'm glad person X owned a gun and were able to protect themselves. I'm glad that we have shall issue right to carry in the state of Texas. Again, it's just words. Oh, I, I respect the Second Amendment. I don't want to ban every gun, just those guns over there. But I respect the Second Amendment. No, you don't. And again, voters aren't morons. They see through this, particularly when you've got an anti-gun history as long as Robert Francis Beto O'Rourke's. Uh, and the Los Angeles Times provides some anecdotal evidence for this, too. They say uh, views on its position have already calcified among some in the county where O'Rourke just got uh, got just 781 votes, or 17%, when he ran for Senate in 2018. 
From her front porch across the street from the cafe, Jan Grisham denounced her work as a thief who wants to confiscate guns. Her friend, Buddy Welch, asked whether he would ever consider voting for O'Rourke, rose from his chair before responding, removed a handgun from his hip holster, and set it on the table for a dramatic flourish. No, he said. I've carried one of these for 20 years, and I'm not going to stop now. So, to answer the question that the Los Angeles Times posed, can Beto O'Rourke show Democrats how to lose less badly in rural America? I'm going with no. If you want a Democrat that's going to show how to lose less badly in rural America, find a Democrat who's not running on gun control. Find a Democrat who truly does support the right of the people to keep and bear arms. Find somebody who says, hell no, I'm not coming for your guns, instead of, hell yes, I am. And then you'll actually see whether or not a Democrat can still be competitive in rural Texas. With Robert Francis Beto O'Rourke, now you're looking for a rural landslide for the uh, Republican on the ballot next year. All right, let's turn our attention now to today's Armed citizen story, our good deed of the day, and our recidivist report. We'll start there with a story out of Atlanta, Georgia, where a man on probation accused at shooting at joggers along the uh, Freedom Parkway path. Now, this was, uh, it's been a couple of weeks, uh, but it looks like police have now made an arrest, and it turns out the suspect, a man previously convicted of armed robbery, and a man who has only been on probation and out of jail for a matter of months, uh, 25-year-old Mitavius Sigmund, arrested on charges of aggravated assault. He was released from jail just eight months ago. Uh, when police made it uh, to the scene of the crime, Sigmund uh, told him that he had been leaving a nearby pizza restaurant. He reportedly told police that he owned a gun but didn't have it with him. Uh, police found the gun in some grass near the scene. Uh, and so uh, Mytavius Sigmund, now again under arrest, facing charges of aggravated assault. Well, frankly, it sounds like he should have been behind bars on the uh, armed robbery charges. Uh, today's armed citizen story. It's about as close to a, a, a pure right-to-carry case as you can get in Berkeley, California, because Berkeley is one of those places that is no issue, really, when it comes to the issuance of concealed carry license. Alameda County, you've got very, very few licensed concealed carry holders, uh, and that would be the case not only in you know big cities like Oakland, but uh, in these smaller uh, cities like Berkeley as well. So instead of an actual armed citizen stopping a uh, armed robbery, it was an off-duty UC Berkeley, poli uh, Berkeley police officer who uh, killed a man who was trying to rob a, a hamburger joint at gunpoint. So normally our armed citizen stories don't feature law enforcement. The fact that this individual was off duty, uh, I'm going to go ahead and uh, we'll, we'll call this one an armed citizen story. Uh, this happened uh, Sunday night at Nation's Giant Hamburgers. Man walked in, tried to rob the place at gunpoint. A restaurant cashier said a man came in, had a gun, pointed it at us. So I can't really describe how I feel after that, just shaken up. It was about 1130 Sunday morning, by the way, broad daylight. Guy told the cashier to open up the cash register. She looked down. She saw the gun. She said she was afraid for her life. She said, I was the one talking to him. He was talking to me. If anyone were to get shot, I would have been the first one to get shot. Now, there's a customer eating at the back of the restaurant, off the clock, off-duty uh, police sergeant at UC Berkeley. The cashier said that off-duty officer, quote, yelled at him to drop his weapon. And the cashier said, I ran. All I heard was a gunshot. I don't know how many shots. I just heard one. 
Uh, 29-year-old Emmanuel Moreno of Richmond, California, taken to a local hospital where he was uh, pronounced deceased. Uh, Ram Umali, a gas station employee nearby, said, I just give him the money because I value my life more. Yeah, here's the problem with that. Let, let, let's say that yeah, you, well, I'm just going to cooperate. I'm going to give you my money, and then you'll just let me go. It's not up to you whether or not the robber where your assailant actually decides to do that. We have seen cases where individuals have cooperated with armed robbers and the armed robbers have thanked them by shooting and killing them. Basically, the question becomes, do you want to trust your life to the stranger who's robbing you at gunpoint? Or do you want to be able to protect yourself and defend yourself? Again, in Berkeley, California, in Oakland, California, San Francisco, really the entirety of the Bay Area, Law enforcement has decided, well, well, you don't have to make that decision because we're going to make it easy for you. You don't get to protect yourself outside of your home. You don't get to bear arms in self-defense. You can protect yourself against a home invasion, maybe. You can navigate uh, California's maze of red tape with its gun laws. But no, carrying a firearm in public, no. You're not going to be allowed to do that. The only people who can do that are the cops and the criminals who completely disregard the law. Again, (laughs) you, you might... Look, I don't know a single gun owner who says, I'm looking forward to being the victim of an armed robbery. I'm looking forward to being the victim of a home invasion. But I can only speak for me personally. Well, I hope and pray that I never have to use my firearm in self-defense. That will be the worst day of my life. If I do have to use my firearm in self-defense, it's not going to be because I did something wrong. It's going to be because somebody chose to attack me. Somebody chose to rob me. And no, I'm not going to put my trust or my faith in the person who is threatening my life. I can't. I just, I I can't. I've got a middle block. Can't do it. Once you stick a gun in my face and say, give me the money, and you've threatened my life, I'm going to assume that you mean it. And I think that uh, this officer, at, uh, the off-duty officer there in uh, California, sounded like he thought this armed robber was serious, too. Uh, we'll keep an eye out on any updates with this story, bring uh, you more information as they become available. And finally today, our good deed of the day from Alabama, where a stranger in the right place, at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing to save the life of a nine-year-old child. This happened, uh, oh, not too long ago, uh, back a couple of weeks ago, I guess. It's just now being reported. Um, But a a woman named Candace Pimentel and her son, nine years old, uh, Raylan is his name. They're coming home from church. And Raylan starts choking. Um. As Candace Pimentel said, uh, between pulling off the road, attempts to dislodge the object, yelling for my other son to call 911, flagging people down, my heart was breaking. And she said, then Heavenly Father, send me an angel in a pickup truck. He helped save my baby. The man uh, stopped, saw what was going on, performed the Heimlich maneuver uh, on her nine-year-old son, and then he drove away. He drove away. Candace Pimentel says uh, she remembers that he was also coming from church. She recalls giving him a hug afterwards. She said, I don't know his name. I do feel like we had a proper thanking and an embrace. 
She said, if our paths cross in the future, I would hug him and thank him again. But if not, I will forever be grateful for that stranger and for Heavenly Father sending him. And she said, uh, and yes, no more hard candy, which I guess was the uh, object that got lodged in her son's throat. So I don't know who this guy is either. I'm I'm hoping, however, that uh, they're able to reunite now that Candace Pimentel is uh, speaking out, speaking out. Maybe he doesn't want the accolades. Maybe he doesn't want the attention. He, He, again, was in the right place at the right time. He did the right thing, saved a child's life. Maybe he's moved on, but uh, whoever you are out there, anonymous stranger, we thank you for your very, very good deed. And that is all the time we've got for you on this edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. I want to thank you for being a part of the program as always. Don't forget to check out BearingArms.com throughout the day for even more Second Amendment news and information that you need to know about. If you like what you see, you can always become a VIP subscriber. Just use the promo code GUNRIGHTS and you'll get a significant discount on your VIP membership. That's going to give you exclusive news stories and content you won't find anywhere else. Uh, But we really do appreciate your support. It means a lot to us. Uh, Independent journalism, particularly uh, independent journalism when it comes to reporting on our right to keep and bear arms, it's awfully hard to find. Uh, And so we're glad that uh, you're out there uh, and supporting us in our mission each and every day. So thank you very much for the opportunity to do this. And we'll see you back here tomorrow. Until we talk again, be well, be safe, and be free. 